Castrol is a film podcast filled with dubious opinions, plot spoilers, and a healthy sprinkling of bad language. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Casterol, the movie podcast each week aims to serve you up a delicious recasting of your favourite films. I'm Jim, and joining me at the stove each week are my co-hosts, Nick and Sam. Well, hello guys, episode two. You're back for more. Yeah. Yeah, we came back. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Glad I didn't scare you away. Yeah, nearly. <laughs> <laughs> the T-Rex didn't scare us away either, which is good. Yeah, I'm keen to come back to see whether you remember having watched a second film. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk a bit more about that in a minute. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> you son of a bitch. How did you find watching two films in like two weeks? <laughs> it's taxing work, mate. It's taxing work. Do you actually like films? <laughs> well, as we said last time, I am the film guy. I am, I am the movie guy here. Come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when Maybe. you say movie guy, what, what do you actually mean? <laughs> Are you getting confused? With, did you think this was the thing about moving? Like a, <laughs> a moving home podcast. Uh, well, like I'm, I'm one solitary movie, one solitary <laughs> film at a time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, what have you? Uh, what have you guys been uh, watching this week? Anything I, interesting? I've not had a chance to watch an awful lot apart from the film that we're recasting. That's good. So anyway, that. yeah, I feel like all my energy is focused on this one piece nice. that we're recasting. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I've only really got a chance to watch what we're recasting. I've not really had a chance to watch much TV either. And, you know, early starts for work, late days. Is... I feel bad now. Is this, does this make me lazy? Because I've seen <laughs> loads of stuff. Well, I'm not including, like, the married at first sight that my wife uh, has on, yeah, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that, that stuff that's on the background, that, that doesn't get included. No, I'm not including that. That stuff that I pretend I'm not watching, but I'm definitely wait, trying to work out if, that, if she's going to get with him or, you know, turn on him and who's turn, you know. I'm not watching it, honest. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm, not, I'm not either, actually. <laughs> uh, luckily. How about um, you, Sam? Yeah, I've, I've, been watching, I've been watching a bit. I've been, I've been getting sort of into my anime. I was really? sort of into it a little bit. Mm. But um, yeah, I watched uh, One Piece on Netflix. Right. Not this week. Yeah. Um, not all this week. Mm. But I really loved that. And so it made me want to go and see the source material. Because I wasn't... Not the source material, obviously, because the animated shows, obviously. You know, it's a graphic mm. novel. But yeah, so I got myself on Crunchyroll. And so I've been watching some of that and also some Attack on Titan. Oh, nice. So, that I have heard of. Yeah. Attack on, I think I might have even watched a tiny bit of the anime. But James, you're a big, big anime guy, aren't you? Well, hang on. I think you're overselling that there. <laughs> you're, you're majorly overselling. I do enjoy my anime. I do have a Crunchyroll account. Hey, nice. Haven't touched it for a while. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, I do have a very big backlog on there, which includes about another five, six hundred episodes of One Piece. Uh, nice. Attack on Titan's on there. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen that's another one I don't know that one actually. My Hero Academia another one it's a, it's a big backlog that I do need to catch up on but it's finding the time to so that's to our next it. podcast then is the anime podcast anime, podcast. anime yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> cast an anime um, alright so so back to the movies what have we got this week well this week we're watching Waterworld oh yeah Kevin Cosner's finest hour. <laughs> 1995's Waterworld. Wow. This a movie film is incredible. It and is. it's completely mad at the same time. It's a moist film is, that's is the word I would two use about years after <laughs> Jurassic Park, but couldn't look 
like it was it, it could look like it was about a decade earlier oh do you think it, i think it, it's the most really i think it's the most 80s looking film made in the mid 90s mm, yeah it is it, it, it's weird because because obviously a lot i'm actually gonna give it a lot of props um it, it's a lot of practical effects a huge a like huge amount yeah I mean, there's. I can only really think of two CGI sequences in the whole thing, and that's like the underwater swim and stuff, and the sea monster, uh, and the sea monster, which was yeah. awful. It, yeah, it the big, was the big piranha thing that swallows Kevin Costner whole. I think like the the parachute that comes out of his boat as well that makes it go faster. Oh yeah, that's which a terrible is CGI then thing. huge in the wide shot. It like comes yes. out and then it goes to a wide shot. And it's like twice the size of the yes. boat. This must seem crazy to anybody. We, we should probably run down what happens in the film. So over to Nickopedia Corner. <laughs> okay. So the setting of this film, Waterworld, is the distant, distant future. Specific. Um, distant enough for the polar ice caps to have completely melted. So probably about 50 years from now, I would think. Yeah. Uh, the sea level has risen over 7,600 metres, covering nearly all of the land. The plot of the film centres around the nameless anti-hero, the man, the fish, the legend, the mariner. Played by Kevin Costner. He is like a Mad Max-esque mutant man. Um, Mad Mackerel. Like the Mad Mackerel. <laughs> uh, he has gills, he has web feet, he's obviously super good at swimming. He's got gills stuff. and he's got skills. So and he's yeah. apparently the only one in this world with gills and web feet. Yeah. He's like he's like a fishy guy from Taken. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he hates company, uh, especially women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For a lot of this film. We'll get into that I'm sure. Um, he sails the earth initially solo on his trimaran which is his super cool catamaran style really well kitted out as well yeah yeah super awesome yeah so i think a lot of people even if you don't remember this film well even if you've not watched it you'll probably vaguely recall clips of kevin costner at sea on this super cool catamaran style boat yeah it's like a james bond boat isn't it it's got like loads of gadgets and cool stuff it sort of converts doesn't it and a little and a little lime tree and a little lime tree. Yeah, at least for first. For about 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's like the vague premise of the film. In terms of like the overall plot, it's basically... Um, I mean, this film is um, supposedly directed by a director called Kevin Reynolds. Um, he actually apparently quit the film before it was finished. He was still sort of credited as director on the film. But really, this through and through is like a Kevin Costner vehicle. Would you agree with that? This whole piece, which is weird, because yeah, like it. I remember it sort of being my almost my introduction to Kevin Costner as a kid. But this happened like after a lot of what you would consider as Kevin Costner's big things. Like this happened after Prince of Thieves. This happened after Dancing with Wolves and stuff. Yeah, and you're like. He doesn't need to do this shit. <laughs> he well, it's funny you say he doesn't need to do this. This film is known as Kevin Costner's most infamous flop. Yeah, and you know, with, and it's with a massive at the time, hundred seventy-two million pound budget. Most it expensive was film at the time, right? at the time, yeah, mm. huge budget and a massive, massive flop for Kevin Costner. Well, they had to flood the world. 
That's not cheap. That's not cheap. Practical effects. Yeah, all practical. The death toll was just... Well, that was the other thing. Part of the reason this film is meant to have been so expensive, obviously, is a massive amount of practical effects, but they filmed a lot of this on open sea, mm. and apparently Steven Spielberg at the time wore them off the back of having done Jules, warned them against filming on open water, and they did do it, and I think there was like storms and squalls and stuff, destroyed lots of the sets and that kind of thing. I mean, can you imagine that like, anyone that recalls this film will recall like... Um, all of the structures and stuff like that they had to create yeah. and build, get out. It is like a whole to... floating city, town thing. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's a spectacle, isn't it? It's super cool. So I feel like we've we've said like it's a bit of a flop and Kevin Cosby didn't it. I'd just like to nail my colours to the mass now. This is <laughs> and always has been a real guilty pleasure of mine. I've always liked the film. I really like As it. soon as we decided that we were going to do this film, I went straight to my DVD shelf and knew exactly where it was, <laughs> like straight away. Like, I actually really liked the film. Like, I think probably if I'd come in cold and never seen it, like growing up, I would have been a bit more jaded towards it. Mm. But it's, it's a bit of a gem. Like, I think it has got a bit of a cult following now. I think if you know what you're going in for, your expectations are suitably kind of low, not, lo- you know, not low, but lowered. Um, it's great fun. It's a great fun film. What, what do you think about it, Jim? It spoke to me. <laughs> I said I said last week that the last time that an easy trashy action film and I'm all in for it. Yeah. This is just this that is a definition of that really, isn't it? It's a very mm. easy to watch trashy action film with a story that doesn't really matter. <laughs> and yeah, so it was a very easy watch and I, I I enjoyed what I watched. Would I say it's good? Probably not. Yeah. But I enjoyed what I watched. I think I think the thing that I I took from it after watching it back is and this is I, I mean I love The Untouchables is one of my favourite films mm. it's in my top ten Kevin mm. Cosner's brilliant in that yeah he is. I don't think he's a bad actor he's not great in this he's for me the weakest character like the weakest part I think it's part of the, the way that the, this role is written yeah. as well. Like it's, it's a not really, a very vocal role, is it? It's, it's meant to be like this glum, kind of quietly brooding anti-hero. And I, I, that kind of does come across, but it's kind of filled with like really odd scripting choices. Um, I think the tone of the film doesn't know whether it wants to be part comedy at times. Mm-hmm. And I think you definitely got that with some of... Um, so the main villain of this film, as people may remember, is the Deacon, played by Dennis Hopper. Which, and he is the strongest. <clears throat> well, he's one of two main villains. True. Just, he is also paired, he is paired up with Nord, who is his right, yeah. effectively the right-hand man. Yeah, the dog's body. The dog's body. Yeah. But, you know, he was, out, to begin with, part of the atoll that the Mariner originally goes to. Yeah, which before, is Before the grand, Deacon's grand plan is unveiled, so. Yeah. Yeah, so again, people that may need a little bit of um, their mind jogging, um, you may have watched this film a number of years ago like I did. Um, This film kind of revolves around the young girl, Enola, who lives on the atoll, which is, again, this sort of floating city. She is of mysterious origin because um, her guardian, Helen, is not her actual mother. And the young girl, Enola, has a tattoo on her back that supposedly leads to... Dry land. dry land. It's like a message. Which is, yeah, and this is, this that is, is what that, that is ultimately trying. the Deacon's main end game is yeah. to find dry land for his people. And I think, yeah. I think that is just a bit of world building, like we said. You know, we touched upon the fact that, you know, this is in the distant future, the oceans have flooded everything, and 
the the rundown of the film is there is this child that has this map to dry land which everyone wants it's this you know mythical place but obviously you know and 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 it's taken it's so far in the future these people have never seen trees or horses or land or anything like that so they don't even believe it's real. Helen even says, you know, that, that we're not built for this, you know, this kind of world. We're meant for the land. And so the deacon with his, like, smokers, which are basically the bad guys, and they use, you know, all petrol and, you know, motorboats and things. They want to get this girl, Enola, and they want to get to dry land. And the mariner is persuaded to help them get away. But the small things about this film are fun, like the fact that the most precious thing is dirt. So there are definitely little elements of this film which are fun and quite quirky. I just think sort of like the premise and everything is bizarre as well because obviously this is far enough into the future that at least one person has evolved gifts. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that even with mutation, right, that's like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years from the world flooding originally, right? From civilizations as we know it being like fucked yeah. and gone. Well, it's, it's definitely a long time. But, and yet like even there are things that like that are still around for like all the smokers all use like jet skis <laughs> <laughs> and like, the millions of years apparently enough, di- enough, di- enough diesel for them to yeah. not yeah. only power a massive ship but also a shitload of jet skis a plane several planes in fact and a fuck ton of anim- ammunition but in all fairness to the film let's just give it all its dues you don't know how long the smokers have been about you know, it could have been, it could have been, you know, hundreds of years of, mm. you know, cavemen-esque people on the ocean, you know, you know, wooden boats. And, and then, you know, at some point they've found this big oil tanker and only in the last like 50 years yeah, or something. Of course. So I'm just going to throw it out there now. I think you're giving this more thought <laughs> than the script, right? Than the makers <laughs> of this film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so before we move on. Would anyone like to care to take a guess, or if they know, what film Kevin Cosner turned down to do Waterworld? Ooh. 95. I know this is basically scripted as a, as a Mad Max ripoff, but I don't think there was another Mad Max that was done at the time, so I don't think it would have been one of those. No. Was it a big film that was released it around? It was a huge film. God. It wasn't um, Titanic, was it? It was not Titanic, no. Was it something like... Toy Story, the voice of no. no, go for it. It was Shawshank Redemption. No, oh. <laughs> which part? As the the, the... I, uh, well, I've never seen Shawshank. Of course he hasn't. Right. Oh, my of course God. he hasn't. Right. That's the, <laughs> that's <laughs> the next film. <laughs> but I believe it was the main role. Can I just get this clear? Yeah. You have seen. The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, but you no, have not, not seen, seen The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. <laughs> but you have seen Waterworld, but not Shawshank Redemption. Look, it came out when I was, what, seven. Okay. So Waterworld, it was a thumbs up. Shawshank. Well, I'm, I didn't watch Waterworld when I was seven, did I? Yeah, well, you wouldn't watch, <laughs> you wouldn't watch Shawshank Redemption either. It's Jesus just one of those that. films that I was too young for it to watch it when, I, when it when it was released. I've just never got round to it. Oh, okay. mate, it's either because it's I've just either because it just hasn't interested me, yeah. or I just, just never really wanted to watch it. That for the longest time is in my top five. Really? Yeah, it's up there, man. I love Shawshank. Anyway, we're not all about. We're not here for no. Shawshank. No, we're not. That's what, gone. All right, ignore that. Edit it out if you have to. It's not here. <laughs> No, this is all staying in. <laughs> Do you think that more films should be based entirely on water? 
Well, I can only think. I can only think of this and I guess Jaws and And Titanic, and look how two out of the three of them ended. Deep Blue Sea. (laughs) Uh, There's a there's a a theme going on here. They don't tend to end very well. Well, they're coming back, aren't they? We have the Meg. We have the Meg too. This is true. Megier. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think the key thing about this film, which will be fun, is. There's a lot of room for some fun recasting. That's the best part, right? I think that's why we chose it, right? Is that this film kind of doesn't know exactly what it wants to be in yeah. terms of genre, tone. There's some kind of decent performances. There's a lot of shockers in this as well. So, yeah, <laughs> should, we, uh, should we make a tasty cast roll? You ready, you ready to get, jump in on this recasting? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, well, I think there's only one place to start, and that's got to be with the Mariner himself. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I've uh, got the big old task of recasting the Mariner. So again, this is Kevin Costner's role. He is the anti-hero. Um, I almost feel like in casting this role, you're not just casting Kevin Costner's part. Um, you are casting almost the second director of this film as well, because I yeah. undoubtedly had like loads of creative decisions in this film. Um, there's like an entire, <laughs> there's an entire montage that is based around Enola once she's been captured by the smokers and she's on like the oil tanker. You know, and she's kind of telling them all, like, he's going to oh, get yeah. you. He's going to come. He's got no mercy. He's going to get you. And it's all accompanied by, what a, monologue by a montage where he's infiltrated the tanker. Do you guys remember that? Yes. Yeah. But he starts by, drives a jet, Driving a jet, jet ski, ski through the thing. Up to the tanker. But first of all, he drives runs it someone over, the doesn't tanker. He? Even before that, he climbs up the tanker. Of course he does, yeah. He sees, barefoot. Barefoot. He sees the deacon... So Dennis Hopper's bad guy giving a speech to all the smokers that live on the tanker. He thinks... I'll give that a miss. Looks back down, and two bad guys have, have jet skied up to his jet ski. <laughs> jumps from the top. Jumps off. Take those guys out. He then breaks his way into the tanker, right? And there's a whole montage whilst is saying, like, he's going to get you. Put, how how high has he jumped as well from this tanker? This tanker is meant to be massive. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, to be fair, though, if he's a fish man, he ain't going to be scared of jumping into water, is he? <laughs> this is true. He loves it. He wants to get back to the water. Yeah, if anything, the but higher my, he gets, the my more point is, is like, that whole montage is then him like sneaking around the tanker, um, takes out a bunch of dudes. He's like total like espionage, absolute beast hero. He's like, there's one bit where he's just holding a chain and the chain's moving, like carrying him <laughs> further into the tanker. Yes. That whole time, I'm like, he's going to then like creep up on everyone, take them out. No, when he reappears. He's back on top of the tanker. <laughs> yeah. So whatever he's done inside, he's gone, oh, this, I don't just, know. I'm just go back up top. <laughs> yeah, up where he's, he's, he's really sneaky. And then he's just back where he starts. And he just then walks openly out. walks up to <laughs> Dennis Hopper. And is like, you know, who's in, then in, but by that point, he power. is a bit more disguised, isn't he? He's got the hood over. He's got, yeah. he's got some kind of, I think he's got like a scarf over his mouth and face over his mouth so he's not really he's got another gun maybe yeah. so he was just like kitting himself out he just, he just makes himself look like one of the smokers he needed to up his inventory and then of course he opens the oil tank and just which is badass oh, yeah that's, that's badass. one of the coolest parts in this film so, so yeah so Kevin Costner's fine Kevin Costner's a good mm-hmm. actor in times given the right role he's fine in this but let's see what you can do it's an interesting one there, there are times where this this it's almost been written so much like he's the cool, he doesn't talk a lot, he's super cool. He's brooding. Right? He's brooding. At times, like, really unlikable, but there's, I guess he progresses right through this film. So initially, he doesn't want to help Helen and the girl, Nola, and kind of gets spoken around eventually. I mean, at one point, he's, like, throwing them off the boat, <laughs> cuts both their hair. Well, within minutes, within minutes, he's threatening to throw the girl off and kill her. Yeah. 
let's just throw this out here now. Considering sleeping with the female lead as like payment to take them to dry land. Yeah, so she I mean, he offers herself up but... to him to be like, please keep us safe. She is my just boobies. Whoever's got who's got Helen? <laughs> Me. All right, so I'm sure you'll talk about this movie, but yeah, she just raped. Might do. You're just recasting boobies. He pops <laughs> cops. Well, there were, no, there were no boobs. There was that. There was no boobs. Oh, good. Yeah, um, it's 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 a funny again going back to the fact that a lot of this film is written in a peculiar way. Like I don't, it's, it's done in such a way that you don't warm to this character a lot. Anyway, on that basis, I think um, I've got a couple of ideas for the role of the mariner. Um, there were some really easy ones. So going to kind of like what would be a Hollywood pick. Um, Tom Hardy yeah. sprung to mind, right? Like, it's it an immediate pull from Mad Max, right? Yeah. This is basically meant yeah. to have been Mad Max. It's Mad Max on water, isn't it? Yeah. And then he said Mad Max on Mad, Ma- Mad Mackerel. <laughs> <laughs> well, we um, know what the episode's going to be called. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> so I feel like Tom Hardy on that basis is too easy. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of other ideas. It's a good choice, though. Good yeah. choice, yeah. Daniel Day Lewis was in there. Okay. He would not do this. He would not take this. <laughs> well, I thought that. Is this, your, is this like, your Michael Cera all over again? Then I felt like Gangs of New York was like, is a wild film. It's obviously written a lot, lot better, da, 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 but it's wild in terms of like, what genre is that film? Yeah, that is weird. So you kind of, you know, you could be, sometimes you could be tempted with a, he a, would be a good. wild card yeah, pick. Um, I'm between two. My, my final picks, right? Now, one of these almost seems too too obvious. Mm-hmm. But the more I think about it, the more I do quite like it. The first one of those is Will Smith. Interesting. Ooh. I'm talking Will Smith, kind okay. of I am legend. I like it, yeah. No, I like Smith, that. Right? Sort of I like that. embittered. Hard. And yeah, I think he could actually do that. And I, I think the moments where the mariner gets where he you warm to him a little bit, like when he's teaching an to swim in the water. Um, really nice scene, by the way. Yeah, right, that's when you're kind of like, oh, maybe he's not just a massive... Dick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pick number one. I do have another pick. This okay. is a bit of a curveball pick, but the more I think about it, the more I, I possibly prefer this one. That's Christian Slater. I that's mean, I right? like Christian Slater. I really he's, like He's it. good. And, and he's done that other famous Wolfrey film, Heavy Rain. There you go. You know? Um, I like Christian Slater. He definitely... Um, is around that time. This is kind of peak Slater as well. And he's just coming off of Prince of Thieves right. with Kevin Cosner. I'm kind of thinking... Trying to, also... jog, trying to jog Jim's memory of who... I'm not looking <laughs> at him in the eye because I know he's just saying no, who is... Christian. I was trying to picture him. Yeah. And, but I'm, picture, I'm picturing someone that looks a lot like Kevin Cosner. He does. He does. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's like, like a, yeah. a bit shorter and a bit smaller. right I'm so I'm thinking of the right player so I know the name yeah. it was just I was just trying to get the picture in my head and he's I'm, in I was thinking Broken Arrow I was just going to say that, that's why I'm thinking that because Broken Arrow is really where he's playing like the action hero against uh, uh, opposite John to John Travolta yeah I, I honestly think that Broken Arrow is the film where someone went do you know what John Travolta does quite a good bad guy let's do face off oh, which is one of film. my favourite films what a oh, film I don't think we'll ever do that because you can't really cast face off. You can't really cast face off. Or can you? Me, Michael I mean, Sarah in both roles. I'm oh, just saying. Oh, Michael Sarah takes his face <laughs> off and he looks like Michael Sarah. That's weird. Well, before you make your decision, Nick, yeah. I actually came up with a couple of names myself for the Mariner. Oh, nice. So I'm okay. going to throw a couple of curveballs out there. All right. One is just, it's very much in the vein of Tom Hardy, and that's Chris Hemsworth. Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah. I could, I could definitely see a Chris Hemsworth like a modern remake. Sort of, yeah, yeah, I could see that. And there's another one which is certainly going to make a Waterworld, and that's um, Aidan Turner. 
Now, I don't know if you know the name, I've but he plays the lead in Poldark. Mm. Yeah, he's in The Hobbit. He's, he's, he's... Keely or Feely. I believe it's Feely. And, no, you know, Keely. so One he's certainly going to create a water world. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, she's taken off her clothes. Not as barter, and she's just taking <laughs> She's them just taking them off, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think, uh, I think it's, it's, uh, it's really, it's actually a really tricky one because you do naturally go to like a Tom Hardy type character. Those ones that are like, <laughs> kind of grunty, grunty, kind of, grunty. Yeah. So don't need to do a lot of voice with their voice, but they, it's more with their face or their yeah. body that they're acting and, with. And I, yeah. And I think like a Daniel Day Lewis is an interesting one as well, because I, I think the problem with Kevin Cosman in this film is he doesn't go all in on any of his sides. Like he's like, he's playing like the grumpy guy. But he still wants the audience to kind of like him, so he doesn't go full grumpy. And yeah. then, like, he's kind of like then like turns a corner and is trying to be nice, but then he like still wants to seem cool. So it, it there's it, like the character arc is more of like a hillock than a I full also, arc. I, you know? I agree with that. I also think the writing there's there's basically zero exposition. We find out nothing really about this character. Do they we? don't. Do they even like do a voiceover when they show the graphics of the water like? Filling up the world at the beginning. The there's beginning. a really there is an there is like, yeah like a super super wet. short one. Like, that's yeah, it. Like, like, the polar ice caps have melted. Yeah, the in the future. What, what's, what's amazing in, in this film is at one point Kevin Costner says he's, I think he's talking with someone in the atoll 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 in the floating village. Yeah, um, and he says like. Oh, but that wouldn't happen in Waterworld. He refers to yeah, the world he says as Waterworld. Yeah. Waterworld. Like, <laughs> but if, if you live in this world and it's been like this since for anyone can ever remember, I don't think you'd be like, this is the Waterworld. Well, this I'm, is just the world. This is just I've Earth. never once referred to our planet as the Earth and Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I think, uh, do you know what? Out of everything, I think the most interesting one that isn't kind of just a normal one, I think actually Will Smith would be quite fun. I, I agree. But definitely Will Smith from uh, I Am Legend, not Will Smith from whatever that horrible one where he was in with his son and they get marooned on a planet. Oh, what? I know. The, oh, I was about to say, you're not. Oh, that's after, like, that's after, after Earth, Earth yeah. where, the, where the aliens can smell fear. Is it yeah. that one? It's yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's too, that's too much. Which ironically, Waterworld is after Earth. There's no Earth left. Holy shit! Oh you unlocked God. the code. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> lock it right, in. Well, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, All right, right, you lock in. Me. Yeah, Will Smith. Welcome aboard, Will. Hey, Will. Okay, so he could also fund <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. much of this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once he gets the slaps. <laughs> so we've got the Mariner. Yeah. So it's only right that we move on to Helen. Yeah. Played yeah. by the, the beautiful Jean Triplehorn. Yep. Yeah, she's really good in this film. I really enjoyed her performance. In this I was film. looking for the third horn, but I could only see two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the other one was on James. Watching. <laughs> There's three of us. Maybe we are the Triplehorn. I neither confirm nor deny. That's another potential thing for this podcast. <laughs> Triple. <laughs> Only if uh, someone I hope you're about to cast, you are going to cast. Hang on, are we still on? We should cover this right well, now. No, that's, that's, this is what I say. I've got beef with you. I cannot use the, I cannot use the blunt card. We're on a blunt ban. We're on a, we are on a blunt ban, and this is such a blunty role. I am so annoyed role. that I could not cast her. It's not a blunty role. I it's think it is. It's not a blunty role, because I'll tell you why. Because Nick could be taking a cold shower <laughs> every two seconds. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, because because Nick definitely would have taken that trade. <laughs> yeah. No, like it's not a blunty role because unfortunately, as we talked about this writing and when this is made, she has moments where she could be a strong female character, but she's not. She always needs to be saved. And she she's is very always a very submissive. And, and when the character is like saving this girl that she cares about happens, she stays back at home. Yeah. Like, it's not a yeah. strong role. And this is nothing against well, Triple Horns, but... Actually, what I was going to say, I actually think it's a very nothing character. A, well, yeah. like her performance in the she's, she's She performs it well, but I think the, role, the character the itself is a very yeah. nothing character. Even yeah. when she's on screen, mm. she's not the focus of the scene. Mm. It's always Cosner. Or it's always a Nona. She's never really the focus. Yeah. She needs to. She needs to progress, doesn't she? Like she needs to. She's been helpless for a lot of the film. She needs to do some badass shit. Yeah. At some point, like she yeah. needs. Like maybe like you're, when you're when always waiting for that moment for her to just and you're like Come yeah on, like at the end just never when happens. he when he infiltrates the smoker's ship or something he needs to be like about to be killed she needs to be the one which kind of happens because she does. You know, the way that he escapes from this big exploding ship at the end is they have this, like, blimp airship. And she's the one that drops the rope. <laughs> I don't know if that counts. I'm, I'm not sure Actually, that, does she also I'm not throw, sure that's like, big the, enough. She also throws the rock that, like, makes... Not Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> she, she doesn't throw the rock at the deacon. <laughs> but she, she I knew the rock would get into every film that we do. Yeah, yeah. he's dressed as a stegosaurus in this. Just a callback to the first uh, podcast. No, she throws, like, the... Like a rock down that hits, like the deep, like basically the the mariner and Anola are climbing up this rope to safety, and the deacon like runs out of this explosion and jumps on the rope during his like fifth death sequence. Yeah, fifth death. Well, there you go. There, those are a big, those are a big moment. There. The bad guy has yeah, to die yeah. like, at least nine time. times. Yeah, uh, she throws a rock, which then makes him like fall down and stuff. But yeah, I mean, and that's not even the end. Well, she does rescue obviously the mariner as well originally when he's trapped in the cage, about to yeah, be recycled yeah. into the. Maybe I'm gunk. being a little unfair, but she just doesn't feel. She feels between like she's those constantly... two, between the to those two moments right at the beginning and the end, yeah. in, the, in the middle of the film, she's just not. She's a bit damsel saved. Yeah, she's yeah. not really anything. So Which you, I, th- who, I don't know whether that's who you fair. Got? Or, I don't know if that's fair to say, really. But so I've got three. Nice. Uh, so I've got I've got an, I've got one that I I think is what I'm going to choose, and I've got two which I think are probably not. Well, I think one's a bit more of a rank outsider than the other. So I'll go. I'll mention those first. So the first one is Sophie Turner. Yeah, I mean she's yeah. she's she's definitely got the damsel in distress <laughs> that eventually becomes an annoying, slightly kick-ass damsel in distress. Yeah, that's an interesting one. My other option was Karen Gillan, but I'm not sure if that's okay. if she's really going to suit the role. Yeah, which is why we should probably outline just for anybody that that knows even less about films than Jim. Yeah, um, yeah. Sophie Turner is obviously in Game, Game of Thrones. She's um, Sansa Stark. Sansa Stark and Karen Gillan is um, well. She she's from a lot of stuff. She plays. She was in Doctor Gamora, Who, Gamora, and no, not Gamora. No, no it's um, her sister. You're saying words. I'm <laughs> um, saying words. Making me uh, Nova. No, not Nova. She's oh in. She, she's in Jumanji with the Rock. She's also in Jumanji with the rock. <laughs> you go. Yeah. So she could throw the rock. She could be the one that throws the rock from Jumanji. Uh, Nebula. That's, That's the, one. the one. That's the one. But my pick is going to be Rachel McAdams. Uh, yeah, I love Rachel McAdams. Yeah. I can see. Uh, yeah, I can, yeah. 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 Works. Yeah. 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 I think that's really yeah. good. Yeah. What about Rachel McAdams do you like in this world? <sighs> she just, I don't really know. I'm trying because I, I, I picked the name and I went, what's she been in? And I'm not seeing anything. <laughs> and I've not seen those films because I, do. I don't really 
go towards those kind of films that she's been in. <laughs> I like I like Rachel McAdams. I think she's a good pick. I think she's solid. I think she's, um, you know, she's not a, a scene stealer in this, which you know she can be. But I think mm. you know she. I think she 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 could sort of. I think she'd be good because she could sort of play the damsel in distress without becoming pathetic and without becoming like too like annoying like it wouldn't feel like oh god i gotta save her again yeah she'd be like she'd be yeah. trying to do it and she'd be you know she she'd be holding her own so now you've got an idea of where my mind's going yeah. how my mind works yeah <laughs> right. bodes well for the rest of it doesn't it it's what, really good Can't get away. I, I like it <laughs> here's a person i've heard of okay so <laughs> that vaguely looks like the character so we've we've got the mariner we've got helen so i think it's only fair we go to enola right well i've got enola and much like nick last episode the it's Michael Sarah. No, but <laughs> casting is. casting children is, is it's tough. not easy, is it? And it's, I didn't yeah. come up with anyone that's the same sort of age as Anola mm. because and she does it brilliantly, by the way. So Anola is played by Tina, and now excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but it's like Majorino, Majorino, yeah, Majorino, yeah. Um, and she's really good in this, and she's actually been in a few other things as well. Yeah. Anyway, she does it really well. She's really young in this. I couldn't put like an age to it, but I would say like what, 10? 12? Like, oh, yeah, no, 10 or 12. That, that, that yeah. kind of bracket. I thought like seven or eight. I mean, they you always, reckon that she was that young? She's young, yeah. I think they're always a bit older playing younger. Okay, yeah. But like, yeah. But I couldn't think of anyone that age. So, mm. like, but these are sort of child actors. Then um, she gives a great performance as well. She does. She's person. really good. I'd this, say this she's is a, the this best another thing, one yeah. actually where I did come up with a name, and it'd be interesting to see if okay. you've thought oh. of the same name. So my my Hollywood pick, um, and this would be right at the start, would be Millie Bobby Brown. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I mean, she's you know she's a really good child actor. The first season of Stranger Things. Yeah. She's probably similar in age. Or at least she could play I'd, a couple I'd of years younger. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. So I think Millie Bobby Rang, we know she'd be banged. She's really mm. good. She's, she, she already plays a character called Enola, because she's Enola Holmes. There you go. Um, <laughs> which, actually, just thinking about it now, is Enola in Waterworld called Enola because she's alone? Because Enola is alone backwards. Mm. But Maybe. she's not alone, though, but is she? she? Is, cause, cause all her she's started off alone, but she's no longer alone because she's in the atoll. All right. But I mean, like... She's, so, who gave like, her the they name? They don't know who her people are. No, that's they true. Don't know. That's and true. actually, it's a, she, it's a good theory. And she it's came in very and likely. just adopted. I can tell you that Helen is named after Helen of Troy in this film. Oh, interesting. Yeah. How do you know that? Because uh, of my insider film facts. Nickopedia. Right, okay. So, <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I think Millie Bobby Brown would be the Hollywood pick. And actually... I, I think she might edge this as my pick, but I've got a slightly more interesting ones. Anyway, uh, my sort of outside pick would be um, Anna, is it Klumpsky? Uh, she's she's the one from My Girl. Oh, okay, yeah. You know My Girl with uh, Macaulay Culkin? I know the film, but I can't picture Absolute that actress classic. at all. Uh, absolutely classic. But she's just like a really cute little blonde kid. Mm. And Enola's a really cute little blonde kid. Yeah. So I was kind of like, I think she'd do it. Yeah. She's definitely the right age. My girl okay. and Enola and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So she would kind of be the sort of the dark horse. But my actual pick um, is um, Abigail Breslin. Now, Abigail Breslin is... Oh, I don't... Not, I'm not surprised you're doing the name. She, her, her biggest role is probably Zombieland. 
she's the younger sister in Zombieland. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. What's, uh, I'm trying to think of the older. Sister. The older one is Emma Stone. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So she's her, her younger sister. Younger sister. Oh, okay. But she's in some other films as well. Um, really annoyingly, I thought those are all good films. I should make a note of those because now mm. I'm completely blank. <laughs> but she she's she's played in films younger than that as well. Yeah. But she's kind of what I like about it is I thought about her in Zombieland when she doesn't take crap. She sort of talks back to the adult. She's got a bit of lit. Mm. She's kind of almost quicker than the adult. Yeah. And Anola in Waterworld yeah. is very much sort of like that. Yeah. And uh, that's very sequence, very quick witted. And mm. that sequence where she's saying how kick ass Kevin Costner is when he's for the second time <laughs> climbing to the top of the tanker. <laughs> I think she could deliver that quite well. Yeah, I like that. I, I yeah. think with Millie Bobby Brown, I think is is almost too easy because in Stranger Things she's played that kind of prodigal, like the saviour kind of character. Yeah. The very it's a very character. badass character, isn't it? It translates well because she could be like in this. Enola's kind of the same thing as she's the saviour. She's got the key to unlocking, like finding dry land yeah. and all that stuff. But it's almost too easy, mm-hmm. and she's that little bit older, I think, at least from the beginning of Stranger Things. So yeah, I, I like that. Cool. So Abigail Breslin locked mm. in. Okay, <clears throat> I am recasting. Uh, Shall I go the Deacon or Old Gregor? Well, I think let's I go. Think. With, let's go with the bigger roles first. Yeah, let's, so let's go. go let's go, go deep. Let's go deep. He's yeah. like he's the, the 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 sort of the other big one, isn't he? Yeah. So the Deacon, as we discussed, is the leader of the Smokers, who are the bad guys. He is the biggest of the bad guys. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> along with Nord, who you've got, Jim. So Nord is like his um, chief henchman, really, yeah. isn't he? Who he's um, got installed <clears throat> in the atoll. At the beginning, at the beginning spy. of the film, yeah. So if you recall, Nord is like the guy with the long, strawberry blonde hair. The Deacon is Dennis Hopper. So think angry, bold man with an eye patch. He loses his eye in an explosion caused by the Mariner. And that's why he's even more angry for the rest of the film. He's real angry. <clears throat> he's a, I think he's a really good character. He's a great character, yeah. He's got like that southern draw. Um, I think you touched on this some as well. Like, there is some interesting backstory to the way the smokers have been written because they represent um, everything that caused the world to end as we know it originally. Mm-hmm. Right. So they, yeah, represent, they, they represent the old world. Yeah. They, they industry, greed. Yeah. <coughs> um, consumption of fossil fuels. Da 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 da. They represent that. Um, and I think they've got like a really cool aesthetic as well. So very Mad Maxy, very like covered in oil and petrol and dirty. They use jet skis, they use guns. And you would not get this in a film that's not in the 90s, but they like pay their people in cigarettes. Yes. So yes. you've got like all these children <laughs> chain smoking cigarettes. Yeah, so there's a, there's a, um, there's a scene of, is it, the, it is the deacon going through in the, in the, in the Cadillac car. or whatever yeah. and just, just tossing cigarettes left, right and centre. It's like, yes. There is a Cadillac in a film set on water, yes. Because on an oil tanker, which is like their HQ. Yeah, the weirdest thing about that scene, right? For the whole, all the rest of this movie, there's like an orchestral score, like a really classic action film kind of big orchestral score. For that bit, I don't know if you picked up. Yeah. It's it's the Peter Gunn theme, which is from like a, a '60s detective show. Uh, which is reused in Blues Brothers. Yeah. So that's probably might be where you I love from. Blues Brothers. <laughs> um, it was such, and that's what I mean about like weird tonal switches in yeah. this film. I'm just listening. <laughs> I'm just listening. Don't worry. Because that comes out of nowhere, right? That's a track yeah. with like drums, there's some guitar in it, I think, and stuff. So it's completely at odds with the rest of the film. 
But they were like, chuck it on that scene. Like, it just sort of fits. <laughs> Why not? It's kind of, it's, it's kind of like, it's the closest we get in this film to like a, the, the bad guy's sort of tooling up, isn't the, it? It's yeah. Like, he's like going down the stairs. He's like, let's get this on. He like puts a hat on and there's... Let's drive. Thing. It really fits. It, it really, really does fit. I don't, That's why I don't know why it's not been used as like a mo- their motif, the smoker's motif throughout the rest of the film. So don't have you picked up, James, I'm sure you would have picked this up. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so, of course I would have. The, the, the audio the, motif of the different tribes. The Mariner has his own... Um, musical motif. Yeah. So he has this musical bit that comes up when he does like a really cool, you know, really brave thing. It comes up now and again. Well, it's the it's the main it's theme of Waterworld, isn't it? Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would have liked that to have maybe come back with with the smokers. But going to um, the Deacon and Dennis Hopper's performance in this, yeah, I think he's great. Like he's got that really cool. He's, this is him in um, Speed when he did Speed. Is oh, a bit of like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's got the southern drawl and um, he's kind of quite funny in his sort of delivery, but he's also like quite vicious in what he does. Um, he just wants to get revenge on the Mariner whilst capturing Nola so they can find dry land with a map that's tattooed on her back. Um, this was a super fun... F- I, I, I think this is going to be a trend, that villains are more fun to recast. They are. Yes. They, re- they, <laughs> they really, really are. <laughs> So I had some absolute shouts, I think, for, for this role. Um, so, so, so many good right, I'm just going to say these names, right? How many, how many have you got? I've got like five or six. Right? Wow. Any of these people, I think, could absolutely slay the role of the deacon. <laughs> I'm just going to say them. Mickey Rook. Yeah. yeah. John Travolta. Yeah. yeah. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. yeah. Matthew McGonaghy. Yeah. yeah. Christopher Walken. Bit of a good <laughs> That's, that's out there. Wow. That is a that is a real curveball. Like, man, John Travolta. We need the girl. <laughs> She's got the map on her back. I'm kind of almost. Can you just picture Christopher Walken no. in that scene where they've Turn got, where they've got Anola upside down trying to read the map? When he's doing like the speech though to all his followers up on the tank here, I think it'd be great. Anyway. That's not who I've... It was my main pick. Okay, so that's, oh. that's, that's four. We've still got two more. For me, any one of them, right? I've almost thought if we had gone with Christian Slater, John Travolta would be like major broken arrow. Like, <laughs> like, who did you say... Sorry, who did you say just before Christopher Walken? Uh, Matthew McGonaghy. I, I mean, him in Reign of Fire. Right? Right, yeah. Brilliant. And uh, yeah, he's got that southern... Draw. If you haven't seen Reign of Fire. That's what? the dragon. That's yeah, the dragon. yeah. I'm Christian Bale. I don't think I've seen all of it. Oh, definitely... it's good. That is a low-key great film. Yeah, it's great film. That's a great, great action film. It's probably um, one of those films where I don't think I've seen it, but I will probably watch it and go, oh, actually, yeah, I've seen it. good. Matthew I've... McConaughey, my favourite Matthew McConaughey film. Really? Hands down. Is Waterworld. It's him as the deacon in Waterworld. Uh, all right, all right. Come on, you're last okay. two. Well, yeah. look, I just want to touch on before that, the person I chose at first was considering Mickey Rourke, Yeah. I think like would be amazing. The reason I haven't chosen um, is he would have been my pick for Nord. Like okay. rest, the wrestler era, yeah. okay. with his long blonde hair. I thought, so I don't want to uh, over- outshadow your. I, I, your I, I, I think I kind of maybe got someone better than that. Oh, cool. well, there we are. So my my end pick for the Deacon is Jack Nicholson. I mean, <laughs> yeah, just being peak Jack Nicholson, yes. just mean, like it just it every just minute. fits, doesn't it? Yeah, like almost, you know, he, he may as well be aiming to do it as a Batman. You know, this is Jack Nicholson, the Joker-esque levels of like just hamming up the role. I just think he'd be like fucking awesome. He's almost like too likeable, I think, with his dastardly grin and like you need. That would to be hate where that's the bit. risk you would run. Is that this would become 
a character that's too likable. Yeah, I think he would be the closest to like. I nearly went into my Christopher Walken again. There. <laughs> I think he would probably be closest to like the way Dennis Hopper plays it. Like, because he's like, because Dennis Hopper like loses an eye, he gets blown up, things keep going wrong, and he's still kind of like making jokes and is kind of happy about it. <laughs> right, and, it's like, a really hammy role. Like, he starts to get a bit irritated, but like, <laughs> even when his ship's blowing up, he's like cracking like one liners and stuff, and I'm like, mate. He doesn't get too mad, yeah. Whereas, like, say John Travolta, he'd be like super. He'd be he'd be off by the end of this film. Yeah, not just the fact that he'd been cast in it. But yeah, what happens to the character? <laughs> so yeah, Jack Nicholson. So you go with Jack Nicholson. I like Jack Nicholson. I think if if I really like the idea of um um oh, sorry, who did you say before Christopher Walken again? Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. I really like Matthew McConaughey for that one. Yeah. I think I think. Like leaning in, like him in Rain of Fire, I could really see him kind of like, mm. like going going to town. I could picture him and Jack Nicholson both taking the eye patch off to reveal the bloodied eye socket. Yeah. yeah, I could, yeah, picture them both. Like, it's a good like, visual, isn't it? I've had a bad day. Like, yeah, just, yeah, it works. <laughs> Did I not say I would kill you? I may have. I may have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, to be fair though, those lines are really, Jack really Nicholson. funny. Seeing yeah. that. That's yeah. a really funny scene. He's got some good, yeah, some good one-liners. Nice. Okay, Jack Nicholson. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Jack Nicholson versus Will Smith. It is an odd <laughs> pairing. It's an odd no, combat. Yeah. yeah. But, and I've made this happen because I cast both of those wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, let's move on to Nord. Oh, yeah. Played, of course, by Gerard Murphy. Of course. Really, really good role. He is good. He is I good. like him. He's one of those guys where I feel like I've seen him in quite a lot of 90s, 80s films, but I can't think of any. I was the same. I was looking at the face. I was looking at his face, thinking, "I, well, what else do I know you from?" Yeah. But it's just, I'm just drawing blanks. And I feel like if I scrolled down the list, especially some of the older stuff, I probably would have seen a few of them. But I was just drawing blanks. Oh, but yeah, he was such a. I, I loved him in this film. So he has been in. Um, nothing that you we would probably know <laughs> before Waterworld. Uh, the Scarlet Batman Pimpernel. Begins. Genuinely, the Scarlet Pimpernel with Richard E. Grant is what I know him from. Oh, really? Yeah, I really liked that. It was like a sort of a short series. Yeah, I remember. And it. that's where I know him from. Yeah, yeah really good, good role. So he's clearly just got one of those faces that I think I know, but don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as I, I really, really liked him in this film. I thought he was a really, really good character. So you first meet him when he walks up to the Marin at the bar. Ask you know, ask says you're gonna buy a drink. He's like, nah, fuck off. Like, yeah, yeah. Immediately then, bad guy vibes. Yeah, immediately you know you think, so. well, you're the bad guy then. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're you've got more to do with this film. Yeah. And then obviously, the atoll gets attacked, and you you know you, then you you confirm he's a bad guy because you yeah. he joins up with the deacon, picks a gun, takes a gun, and starts firing off at the. Oh, I think he's firing at old Gregor up in the sky, isn't he? Or is yeah. he firing at the Mariner in his He's firing at the old people, I think, like the old people that run the atoll. He's and already left the atoll before the attack, isn't he? So he's joined up, back up with the deacon and the smokers. Yeah. Because there's that bit when he leaves on his rowboat, and he by this point the Mariner's been caged by the elders, by this, the tribe. He's yeah. going to be recycled into that gunk. You remember the Nord puts up the boots, the ski boots. That the Mariner's found, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely think he's he's definitely a he's a slimy villainous villain. His 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 death's a bit of a 
damp squib. Really. Yeah, a bit of a damp squib. Yeah, it, funny though, it, it does follow the natural order of 90s action films. That the, that the, the second biggest villain gets two deaths. Yeah. He crashes in the Cadillac. Yes. Then he comes back again, about to shoot the mariner. And the in the... Shoots him. In the top, in the, the top, top, top of the boat, yeah. And then Deacon has like four, four five. But this is this is what we were. Sorry to take you away from the casting of it, but like the this Nord, he is in a Cadillac, and he gives the line like, "I always wanted to drive this thing," and then like he skids off and has a crash. Now, if he crashed there and it blew up, or he crashed out the side of the ship, and that was the last we saw of him, that would be awesome. But then he comes back and just gets shot with a shotgun. And like, and like with the Deacon, the Deacon's like climbing up, like this big exploding ship's happening, and the Deacon's climbing up on the rope, and he gets knocked off and falls down. And I can just see, from above, seeing the Deacon falling into this exploding ship, and that being a good end. That's enough. But he doesn't. Yeah. He falls into the water, gets on a jet ski, and then like crashes into another jet There's ski. There's like three jet skis gliding, <laughs> yeah. because they're all like, aiming for the pickup. That trail. wasn't needed, that extra like thing. Do you think that's because they couldn't decide how they wanted these characters to die, and Kevin and Cos went, fuck it, put it all in? Yeah, it's, it's very odd. It's extravagant. I do think there was a lot of extravagant scripting and directing choices throughout this film, which is part of the reason it's such a muddled, glorious mess. Yeah, I, I, I do kind of love it for that. <laughs> So back to my casting. Back to your casting. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I digress. Yeah. Watching it, there was a, a name that I wanted to put forward, but obviously I couldn't because unfortunately he's they have since passed we're on away. A blunt ban. <laughs> was it going to be Emily Blunt? No, unfortunately, it's, it's, unfortunately this actor has passed away, and that was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh my gosh, I've got Philip Seymour Hoffman for one of mine. You can still recast. Can, can, can we bring them back from the dead? Yes. That's 100%. I don't, I, we, don't, yeah. we never actually set any rules on this. Can we bring them back from yeah, the dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we can honour Philip Seymour Hoffman by recasting him in Waterworld as the Nord. Well, I'm not sure I'm going to. I'm not sure I'm going to. That was just a name I was going to put forward because, you know, he's dead. So I that, that does put a, a damper on things. Another name I was throwing out was, was Peak Ed Harris. Yo, Ooh, yeah. He's a shout for the Deacon, Mike. He is a well. shout for the Deacon. He is. Deacon, yeah. And I'm talking, like, we're talk- I'm talking about The Rock. The Rock, Ken Pe- Harris. Why yeah. is The Rock coming into everything? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the peak, peak The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm talking peak Ed Harris, like from The Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's a nasty bastard in that film. He is. Uh, well, he's that, he... Yeah, he is. I mean, he's, a, he's conflicted. He's conflicted. He's ultimately sort of a good guy-ish. But, but no. I think I'm going to go with one of my one of the other two names, which is either Luke Evans, okay, or Michael Fassbender. Okay, mm, the oh, Fassbender. Yeah. We, we we all know we like the Fassbender. We love the Fassbender, and I'm leaning towards Fassbender. <clears throat> he is good. He I did good. watch The Killer recently, actually, which is his new film on Netflix where he plays an assassin. I haven't seen that. I've seen the trailer. It's glorious. Is it good? Yeah, yeah it's worth a no. watch. Nice. Well, Good I... recommendation. I will watch it in about five years' time. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and not remember any of it. Okay, I will watch it when you ask. When you say, "Let's recast the, the killer." I like Fastbender. I just, I, I don't know if well, almost all of these roles. Would you prefer a Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah, yeah. I, would. I just think I, it's, it's okay. Like a lot of the roles, it's hammy, isn't it? Right, the, the original performance because the whole film is hammy. Um, I don't know if the fast is. Could you not? Can you not? Can you not see him with the gun after the deacon's bit, giving it the old? Oh, did, did I say that? And then walks away and then shoots the two elders. 
Yeah, but you know, almost like too, it'd be too um, intimidating. Like the performance yeah. he gives in the, the new Alien films, Covenant and everything, as the droid, is it David? Mm-hmm. Um, is really creepy. And I think Nord's got a bit of like... Um, it's almost like overdone everything. Like it's I very eighties, nineties. I think one of the sort of the, the 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 difficulties of this whole recasting thing is you can just put a listers in every role, mm. but the problem then is it's not balanced. It, I I think if you have Jack Nicholson as the bad guy, excellent, excellent bad guy. And if you have Michael Fassbender as his henchman, <laughs> I think that's you're you're two on a level there. You know, there's the same kind of intensity. There's the same kind of I I I I actually think your Ed Harris or your Philip Seymour Hoffman is the better show. Is 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 really on the money. So who would you give your vote to? Well, I've put Philip Seymour Hoffman as a different. Ivory cast him in one of mine, but actually, I think he would be better in as Nord. Oh, interesting. Okay, well then, I'm happy to be swayed, and he would be. It would be a different portrayal, but you think would... Philip Seymour Hoffman from Boogie Nights? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the portrayal you're thinking? No, but I think like he'd bring a total many more. I mean, what an incredible actor! He would bring many more dimensions to that yeah. role, and there is there is it's got that scope. I mean. I feel like we're possibly giving too much credit to this role, <laughs> what it is in the first place. But, <laughs> but at least there is, it's written into the script that he is kind of conflicted, right? He yeah. kind of wants to be the deacon himself. He wants the power. Yeah. We know that from where he's like, oh, I've always wanted to drive this, this beast when he's driving the Cadillac yeah. during the attack. Um, so he could play some of that, like he's, he's simmering with resentment and that kind of thing. I definitely think I can, I, like, this, again... Maybe giving this role too much props, but if you had, <laughs> I think we're giving this film too much props. If, if, Give it to Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> if, if you had Philip Seymour Hoffman channeling a little bit from him in Mission Impossible Three, mm. and a little bit of him in Hunger Games, uh, like a, like because in Hunger Games he's very much this kind of although he's playing this character in Hunger Games, spoiler spoilers, he's kind of like this sniveling underling mm. to the the president. Yeah, uh, the the president. Uh, yeah, I think it's the president, isn't it? The president Snow. Yeah, President yeah. Snow. And um, and he sort of is playing that underling quite well. But he's ultimately a nice guy in that. Whereas, like, in Mission Impossible 3, he's obviously very not, not a nice guy, but he's too intense and too bad. Mm. So if you kind of, like, had a middle line between those two characters, that's very much Nord. And I, I, think he'd, okay. I think he'd nail that. Yeah. Then we are bringing back Philip Seymour Hoffman from the dead. So he can... So he can roll over in his watery grave <laughs> in Waterworld because he is not wanting to do this film. What have you done to me? So, who, who, who of yours are we going on to next? Well, I'm going I to assume the Enforcer. Yeah, so the Enforcer. So basically, the Enforcer is almost like the... He's the, he's the peacekeeper of he's the Atari. He's the other side of Nord. Really. Yeah. Because you've That's got the Deacon and you've got Nord. Yeah. He's, he's, the, you've he's got, the polar opposite, isn't he? Yeah, so you've got like... It, it's basically, he's the same character, but he's gone down the honourable righteous law-abiding path yeah but they're very similar characters yeah which is why for one of my picks i went with philip seymour hoffman for him mm. because i could see him kind of being like you know delivering those lines like you know who i am you know you've got you've got one hour kind of you've got two hours and leave my atoll kind of thing yeah um but i prefer philip seymour hoffman in bad guy roles that's why i think 
he'd be better as yeah. mm. Um This role originally was played by R.D. Cole. Um, it, again, he's one of those actors where I've seen him in things. He's in Young Guns too. Uh, he's in kind of like a lot of films of that sort of era, but he's just sort of like, um, uh, you know, one of those like character actors kind of thing. Mm. Um, uh, he's he's sadly passed on. Um, but so for my other picks, so Philip Seymour Hoffman was my dark horse pick, mm. obviously because he's dead. It's quite difficult <laughs> for him to, to take the role. Um, my Hollywood pick, now both my picks are technically Hollywood picks, but my Hollywood pick is um, K.J. Simmons who is probably best known as Peter Parker's boss at the Daily Bugle. Ah. He's in Whiplash, yeah, he's yeah, in yeah. Moneyball, yeah. he's in, you know, he's in everything. Yeah. And, I, you know, I could see here, you know, see here, Mariner, you know, That's <laughs> get off my ass you know? I do feel like the original performance, and maybe it's fully intended to be this way, is quite... You know, it doesn't give an awful lot of the character, does it? But I quite like to see it given a bit more. Like it's yeah. meant to be the sheriff, the law enforcement exactly. of this of the um, at all. Um, he this is one of the only characters that kind of makes it all the way to the end as well. Yeah, and he's the only one actually that is willing to stand up and help them, and ends up on dry land. Yeah, because yeah. obviously he didn't want to arrest the mariner to begin with, did he? Yeah, he he wanted him to just come in, do his business, and, and fuck he, off. And it wasn't and until actually, one of the the tall residents actually spotted the gills behind his ears. They, that's when he was like, mutation. Oh, well, even that, like, Fine. They, even then he was, did it begrudgingly. And they're trying to lynch the mariner and he like beats them up and takes them off the mariners. Like, that's not how we do things here. Yes. Um, so I think, I think Simmons would be, I can really see him, you know, that's not how we do things here. Kind of like, he'd be, he'd be good at that role. But, he's not my pick. Oh. My pick I've gone for now, I, I am completely guilty of doing what I said that Jim did, where I've cast like an A-lister in a, in a, in a minor part. But I feel like <laughs> this guy this guy has the ability to be an A-lister or a small part character. Okay. I've gone with Michael Shannon. Ooh. Uh, Michael Shannon is General Zod in the new... Okay. Um, Superman. Yeah, Man of Steel film. Yeah. Um, he is the, the sort of really horrible bad guy in Shape of Water. Yeah. So he likes water already. <laughs> already. With the shape of it. Start. Yeah. Shape like the earth, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a big a big ball of never-ending water is the shape he likes. He is an absolute see you next Tuesday in the Shape of Water. Mm. He is weird and horrible. Mm. Um, but he's so good in it and so characterful in it and obviously he wouldn't be anything like that in this role he'd be like a nice guy but have you seen him in uh knives out i haven't seen that film so knives out is really good and he plays this kind of bumbling idiot Mm. um kind of guy and he's got a bit of a southern draw and i just think again like somewhere between that line of kind of like likable rogue but actually you know has an edge to him i really think michael shannon would be good in that role nice Good pick. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Let's lock okay. in Michael Shannon then. Okay, so I have my last casting choice is Old Gregor. Old, I'm old, old Gregor. Yeah, that's what that name makes me. I'm old Greg. The actual character is um, it's like bizarre. It's a really, really odd character. Right? So this is kind of the mad professor of the film, really. So he's the old guy that lives on the floating settlement. Um. He's a, apparently kind of a vague sort of father or grandfather figure to Helen and Enola. Um, he's clearly like a, an inventor, so he's created like the little um, airship that he escapes on. Um, 
forgets to pick up. <laughs> it leaves too early and he floats off, not to be seen again until he appears at just the right fucking time to <laughs> yeah. rescue Helen and the Mariner. Like, um, what are the chances? Yeah. He's got a couple of scenes where like he's clearly um he's been the one that is obsessed with the tattoo on Anola's back and he's trying to interpret what it means, thinking that it's the way to dry land. Uh, he's got some scenes where the mariner is initially captured and caged. And weirdly, right, it's, I don't know if you guys pick this up, he doesn't appear. I don't think you see him initially in the in the settlement at all. It's not until the mariner is already captured and then he's just there with Helen in it, having a scene, I think. I don't think you see him in the crowd or anything. Um, no, I don't think... No. I, I think, actually, do you, do you see a very quick glimpse of him opening the gate to let in the mariner? Oh, okay. Because I think he's, like, responsible for basically, like, the machinery. Because they've got power. Oh, okay. they, like, you know, and would, No, would that not have been the watchman opening the gate? I think the watchman says, open the gate. And then you see... Oh, no, do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? It's actually when he's engaging the flywheel to start the power up once the night falls. That's it. So, so yeah. It, yeah, so it is... It, it, you're right, he's not there until then. He has that scene when he comes out to, like interrogate or talk to the mariner when the mariner is caged yeah. up and hoisted up so he climbs the ramps he's got the torch in his face to so the little fan thing on his head um, so it's very much like yeah a bit of a mad professor style role you know he really reminds me of like a Terry Pratchett character yeah right like, it's like, like super quirky yeah like that you know that Baron Munchausen have yeah. you seen those <laughs> yeah. kind of films like that kind of weird... steampunky little bit yeah like, yeah, mm. yeah 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 and so he's played wonderfully by Michael Jetter Jeter what's the wrong so uh the late Michael Jatter. Um, but he's a wonderful actor. I don't know if you guys recall some other films that he's been in. Probably the biggest one that springs to my mind is The Green Mile. Oh, yeah. That nice. he's in. He's just, like, wonderful in that. Um, and, yeah, I really like his performance. It's very quirky. It's very odd. This was this is another example where it's difficult not to cast, like, massive A-listers yeah. in every, <laughs> every single role. Um, but that's part of the fun of being able to make this tasty castle rise that we can do. We have an endless budget. We can do what yeah. we want. We can do what Everything's, we want. you know, prime rib. There you go. <laughs> uh, so the first person I was thinking of I've only got two picks okay I'll keep this simple um, Gary Oldman was someone I oh, was thinking of initially yes. I thought he even, he, he don't even have another pick right. Gary fucking it's Oldman it's quite nice isn't it if he wants to ham it up he can yeah. he's almost like um, what would be Zor Zor from like Fifth Element yeah like Zorb. him but if he was being nice yeah <laughs> yeah um, but actually and this is a shout for one of the other roles that we haven't got to yet um, what a cameo that would be. But the person I'm leaning towards for this role is Robin Williams. Oh! <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, that was too loud. Have You're I taken, an asshole. Have I taken that one is, of your... That is written down. Oh, it's okay. perfect for one of those drifters. I think you've got him with drift. Yeah, who I was thinking like, would be good. So I'm happy to be... He's perfect for one of those drifters. Okay. And, and, and Gary Oldman's perfect for... All right. I'm happy to... <laughs> We are going to have to edit out that massive bang. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm happy to, uh, based on your feelings. That was that Jim's is. jaw hitting the floor, by the way, over that bang. <laughs> so you have watched the film, at least, because you feel passionate about this part. Because, I sat, because that role, I instantly went, that's Robin Williams. It is, yeah. It's a perfect, well, at least one of them. It's a perfect role for it. I'll tell you what. So that's a cameo. Providing you are wanting him for Drifter 2, who is a crazy Irish drifter. Yeah. To, yeah, definitely Irish, yeah. Okay, the second one, right? Yeah. That's the fight. Not the lion stealer, the second one, yeah. Cool, which you'll come on to and explain, I'm sure. I'm happy to to stick with Gary Oldman then. Good. Right, freeing Good. up. Lock in Gary Oldman. Robin. Again, I'm, I'm glad you've said, well, that's the thing, I'm glad we, I wasn't originally going to pick him, but because we are bringing people back from the dead, that's, 
That's why I was like, yeah, we can, he's there. Yeah, we can do that. Because, you know, he's, he's there on the left. He's so there. should we go to your... your well, the, drift, the Drifters are my, are my last ones. Yeah. So Drifter 2 is... Well, so should we, we should probably set up. So basically, the, 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 the drifters, drifters are the lone sailors of the sea. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, they, they're like, yeah. yeah they, they go between a toll and a toll, and it would, so the, you know they, they they essentially say there are more than one a toll because they are yeah. going between it's the two. Right. Atoll means if they're the floating. Can we just say it's also pronounced atoll? <laughs> it's an atoll, and it's just a floating structure that people live on. Yeah, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Okay. The, Atoms. There we I go. was saying it wrong too, don't worry. <laughs> they, They're they, all they, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been thinking every time I fucking yeah. say it. Atoms. So yeah, the drifters just go between each yeah. atom. They're basically like trading, nomads, just trading, and yeah, they're no, they're nomads. They, they don't have anyone else on the boat with them. They're just, they're just there. They're not really, they're not big parts in this. It's, you only come across two. Plus the mariner. Yeah, Plus the mariner, mariner is a drifter. Yeah, ultimate. he's like the ultimate drifter, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's the ultimate drifter. But he doesn't have That's a guitar. That's what he described himself as. Yeah. The ultimate drifter. Yeah, yeah you, only, you only come across two of them. One, one at the beginning of the film, and then one about halfway yeah. through. Once the mariner's got the, the women with him, which is a big... So, oh, oh man, that scene. <laughs> yeah. I presume we're going to do the first drifter first. Am I starting with the lime fee for mine? Yeah, nice. You come up with better names for them. <laughs> it's that drifter, definitely not Irish, definitely is Irish. <laughs> And the lime thief. So the lime thief is in like basically the first main scene of this film, yeah. right? Uh, where he meets up with his boat. They've done some trading, and that's when we first meet some of the smokers as well. So yeah. two guys on jet. So they haven't done crap. trading, have they? So like basically, oh, Kevin Cosner goes underwater, oh, right. and he's down. And obviously, you don't know he's like a mutant at this point, but he's obviously under the water much longer than any human could be. Well, I believe the the first drifter does. State that he's been down for over an hour. Exactly. Or yeah. th- so there and thereabouts. Uh... And Kevin Cosner on his boat has a lime tree. Now, can I just say here at this point, when I was watching this film with my wife, she was like, Why has he chosen limes? They're notoriously difficult to like keep. <laughs> they need loads of water. And because she's into gardening, and she said all this. And I was like, You know that like the British Navy, you know, we're all called like limeys because the British Navy had to take limes because it stopped scurvy. So that's the reason. When you're at sea. When you're at sea, yeah. So anyway. Kevin Cosner's character has a lime tree. That's why we're calling him the, the limey drifter. <laughs> yeah, because he steals the limes. Now, you're going to have to forgive me for the pronunciation. Obviously, Drifter... We, we will. Drifter 1 is played by... I'm going to say Kame. I, I, C-H-A-I-M. I think I'm going with Kame or Kime. I think it's probably Chain. Okay, we'll go with either one. Giraffe. Yeah. Is the last... Okay. Chain Giraffe. I'm going with that. He's in quite a lot of films, actually. He's, he's, he's been in a few things, even quite recently. I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Um... He was in Black Adam. Yeah, Black Adam. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. So he's oh, still no going. Oh, nice. character actor. Yeah. So, obviously, I've been toying with who to have for that one. I, obviously, I didn't know I could use Robin Williams, but he's now locked in for the other drifter. Yeah. So I'm going with my... I've got... <laughs> So I actually get with two names that are two very different people. <laughs> I think either of them need to be an expert at the double take. Because yes. this performance, <laughs> the first drifter, does the biggest then double take. One, one seen. of them would work better than the other. For some reason, I put Jamie Lee Curtis down. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah. You're aware that's a woman, right? Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Just, Doesn't mean the drifter can't be a woman. No, no not at all. Right. But I don't but like know. true, true lies, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> I don't know why. And many other films. And the other, no, name, out. Out. Yeah. And the, the other name which I am actually going to put forward is 
Um, you, you might know the name, you probably won't. It's Jason Manzoukas. I don't think I know that name. I've heard of that name. So he is a he's got a recurring bit like bit part in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes. He voice is Yes, 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 yes. He's he does one of the voice in uh, He's uh, Invincible. Yeah. He's doing voices that he's yeah, I think he does a lot He does another show as well actually. It's about like young young parents. He's like the neighbour. He's very good. So that was the name I was I was thinking I was actually putting him thinking for Drifter Two, but that was because I didn't realise I'm you know, we were bringing people out from the dead. Yeah. So Drifter One, I'm he's actually, great. He is great. He is. He's great. very funny. So he yeah. would be a great chef. So he's stuff, but yeah, but he's Drifter One, and then of course Drifter Two is going to be Robin Williams. Well, so I actually came up with a, a couple of curveballs for Drifter One. Well, go on then. So um, this this would be my very much Hollywood pick. But thinking this is ultimate cameo, he's in it for like ten minutes. That's a big thing. So my Hollywood pick would be Steve Buscemi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can yes. imagine him being very. A very sort of uh, dry weird, and that's weird. Yeah, and like makes your skin crawl. He would of. do an awesome double take. <laughs> he would do a good double take. And of course, a bit of juggling with the limes. Exactly, a bit of juggling. I with really the limes. like Jason Mansukas. I think I think I can picture him juggling the limes, being like, ah, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd put some humour in. He would. And kind of, yeah. I'd almost not want to see him then get like shot by the. Well, I don't think he gets shot, does he? I think he just. I think he gets shot he and then they tackle him or something. Sell. Snapped by the, the sail snaps when he's dead in the water. Yeah, the smoke is coming to the take him. Once they the sail snaps, they catch him up. Yeah, yeah they kill him. Yeah, I, think, um, I, think, yeah. I think you just left to assume that he's been killed by the smokers. I don't I think, think ever seen. I think he's. I think it's good. <laughs> I think you go Manzukas if you want to sort of have the tone of the film stay similar. Yeah. Um, I think Jamie Lee Curtis actually makes it really interesting because you don't really see any strong women in this film. No, at all. And so it would be nice to actually see, like, yeah, a woman could be a drifter and, like, survive in this world and, like... Oh, it's not there being ma- killed by the <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like... Ten, ten know, minutes into the film. She could be a horrible <laughs> character. But, like, it would it would kind of at least give at least one female <clears throat> more than just a damsel role. That's very true. So, yeah, but I think... I think, I th- I think yeah, it's got to be Robin Williams and... Manzoukas. Manzoukas. yeah. So can we just take some time oh, to appreciate then the role and the performance of Drifter number two? Right. Which for people that may, again, have watched this film for a long time. Or some people that have watched it very recently and still didn't realise. Hey, this, this person puts has like the strongest Irish accent yeah, You've like it's a, it's like if this accent was a drawing, it would be a fucking caricature. It is the strongest Irish accent to the point where it's like it's 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 almost like Brad Pitt in Snatch. It's like Traveller kind of like you got paper, you see paper, you see the light. It's so Irish. And Jim, did you pick up on that at all? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you definitely, definitely. No, you bloody didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. So basically, I've been. I did not hear. I did not hear Irish. I don't I, know why. I've watched that scene that three really times, and I've still not heard Irish. How have you not heard Irish in novels? I can people be like accent blind or accent deaf, like color blind? Just discovered. That I they think can. we discovered it. <laughs> So this role is played, can I just say, I love, this is my favourite. Yeah, favorites. sorry, we should say that it's played by Kim Coates. Kim Coates, my favourite performance in the whole film for yeah. me. I think it's amazing. It I is. think he perfectly captures the sense of someone that's been out at sea, alone for a long, long time, gone completely fucking Back mental. Shit mental. Yeah. Um, 
you you don't know whether to feel sorry for him. You don't know whether to be unnerved unnerved by him. Oh, you're definitely unnerved by him. Undoubtedly. He, like, I mean, he bought the, one of the first things he says is like asked to buy the the women. Well, he does buy the women. I mean, Kevin Cosner, Kevin Cosner in this film treads a very thin line for his save the cat. Horrible to women. Yeah, like you know, where in films they have that save the cat moment where the main character does something heroic and saves like something helpless yeah and that's when you love them and root for them yeah in this film kevin cosner puts the cat in danger <laughs> before then saving the cat it's like i don't know if that's okay i am the good guy really yeah so yeah but it is played brilliantly and and you know again as a kid i i didn't know anything about you know seafaring not that i know loads now but like you realize that obviously he's mad he's obviously got so you know, deprived, he's drunk seawater, which sends you mad. And like, you know, he is just, he is mental and Irish. Super, super, super Irish. <laughs> like, but there's also, I don't know if you noticed, some really nice touches in terms of um, costume design and stuff. Well, like, he had a fucking leprechaun on his shoulder, didn't he? <laughs> no, but I don't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, he's wearing he one of those giant green well. hats. Yeah. He's got a Guinness in both hands when you meet him, first of all. <laughs> No, his, uh, so, so obviously one of the things we haven't really touched on is a lot of the costume design in this. You can see where a lot of the budget has gone, right? Not just in the costumes, but like the set designs. All the, the, the leprechauns. The, the, lepre- <laughs> the leprechauns on his boat. No, his, um, he's obviously got this really scraggly like jacket, but the, uh, the sort of undermesh of the jacket is like the, the plastic beer, beer pack. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Four packs plastic pools. Did you yeah, notice yeah. that? I did not know. I thought it was a really cool touch that, like, obviously, like, people have just been, like, sewing their yeah. clothes together from, like, random junk and all that yeah. kind of thing. And, like, the Mariner has, like, I mean, he has, like, ski boots at one point. Yeah. He, like, one of his vests is, like, part of, like, a neoprene yeah. kind of suit and stuff. It's all very cool. It but, yeah, I nice. love Kim Coates' performance as yeah. this, like, just really twisted. Picture. Is Kim Coates Irish? No, I don't think no. he might be Canadian American. He's not Irish, but he's definitely playing it Irish. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think I think Robin Williams would do it like maniacal, a bit crazy. I Robin I think, Williams. Have you seen Robin Williams? Robin. Robin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can we put Robin Robin Robbie Williams Robin. as Drifter too? <laughs> Apparently, Sam wants to. And through it all, that's a good ride. That ride. I like that ride. Yeah. yeah. You paper, I wrote my songs on it. I've seen paper, I've seen like Anyway, um, I, I think, I think uh, Robin Williams in One Hour Photo, have you seen that? Yeah. Like, he is, he's unnerving and that, mm, and he's a bit crazy. Cool. Yeah. I've got, I've got some absolute shouts for Drifter 2. Yeah, go on. As good as Robin Williams? Robbie Williams? I don't know if they're Rob's these peaks, but one. Is it Gary Barlow? <laughs> <laughs> he's Drifter 1. <laughs> uh, one is Joaquin Phoenix yeah. yeah in peak like gladiator-esque I think he could act like Joker could nail that cringy him as the Joker bad man yeah you're, you're... and the other person that I've got uh, for the role of Drifter 2 you James I'm not <laughs> my hopes on high that you've heard of this person uh, is Barry Keehan again I'm not oh oh right, right okay so if you've seen Killing of the Sacred Deer, it's one of the films that I'm thinking of. Have um, you uh, have you seen uh, the Banshees of Inishira? Oh man, it's, it's so such good. a good film, James. It's, uh, right, okay. <laughs> if out of everything we've talked about, if you're gonna see one film 
I'm going to tell you right now, James is not going to sit through Banshees of Inishira. No. How long is this film? It's okay. If I say it's like a two and a half hour film and nothing happens, <laughs> like like I someone cannot say. Fingers cut off. As someone that's seen a lot of films, I don't know what genre the Banshees of Inishira. That's why it's so perfect. It's so brilliant, but it's it's not a comedy. It's not a horror. It's not a it's not a tall tale. It's not a coming of age story. It's everything. If but you nothing. have if you haven't seen the Killing of a Sacred Deer. I want to see that as well. I would thoroughly recommend watching it purely... Well, Colin Farrell's incredible in it. But Barry Keehan's... Again, apologies if I'm saying that wrong. Not a great day for me for pronunciation. But Barry Keehan's performance in that is of another level. Basically, what we've said is these two drifter roles, because they're prime cameo roles, it could be a number of character actors. And interpretations. And interpretations and, you know, all that stuff. I think... The two, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, um, uh, Barry Keown. They, they are great. I think we should honor Jim's pick, though. In Jason Manzoukas, Jason Manzoukas, Williams. Williams. Oh my God, I said Williams. David Williams, (laughs) Gary Barlow, and Matt Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we've only got one left to go, and this is again is kind of a bit of a cameo role, and it was included because. I genuinely did not know it was this actor playing him. Did anybody know it was this actor playing him? Who was talking about? I don't the know what I'm about. Oh, the pi- I mean, when watching it, yeah, you knew. Oh, you can you can know but it's him. But you only knew once you knew. Once you knew, yeah. So basically, the pilot has this very tiny part. It was bigger. If we looked it up, there's a deleted scene. Okay. But like, the, basically, there's a pilot that that is sent out by the smokers to spot the boat. He spots the boat. He's like has a cigarette and he's like shoot them but don't shoot the girl which is an incredibly funny line because this massive machine gun <laughs> on an aeroplane the idea that it could not shoot something <laughs> is like that accurate it's crazy but it's played played by Jack Black yeah and he has that moment where um, I think it's Helen that fires the harpoon from the yeah. boat into the plane the plane starts circling around wrapping the, the wire the rope from the harpoon around the mast of the boat and Jack Black is hanging out the plane and he's trying to shoot off the rope with a gun. Yeah, which, which he then manages and it, the, he flies off and the boat flings the mariner right into the water. And that's actually what precedes the cutting off of the hair because he's so mad that she's like wrecked his boat, basically. Yes. Um, so and then we, we did see that there's a deleted scene later on where the pilot is supposed to be reporting back to the deacon and um, his henchman about where the boat is. And what's really weird is you can now, now knowing there's a deleted scene, you can see where the scene fits in. Because in the background of the scene they've kept in, Jack Black's character is very animated and is doing stuff and is like throwing like stuff at like this person off screen and is kind of very annoyed and like smoking. And he's, yeah. he's, he's playing a person that's clearly just had a, yeah, a done scene something. and yeah. done something. Yeah. It was quite weird. But basically, yeah, we, crazy that Jack Black is in this film and he's this kind of bit part. But it's allowed some interesting stuff. So my Hollywood pick, again, a bit crazy, a bit funny, would be Kevin Hart. I think he'd be yeah. funny, yeah. just be like in the plane. Trying to shoot the thing. Trying to shoot the thing, like, don't shoot the kid. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think he'd be funny. My, my sort of joke pick is uh, Dan Fogler. Now, Dan Fogler is basically Jack Black off Wish. 
which is, <laughs> is maybe a bit mean to Dan Fogler, but he's in like Balls of Fury. He's in actually he's he's very good in um, Harry Potter and the Fantastic Beasts. Okay, he's like the the human character in that. Right, Jack Black off which is mean. Sorry, Dan, <laughs> um, but he he looks so much like Jack Black. Mm. And and he would be quite funny. Not as much as you look like Jack. Not Black. as much as I look like. How have you thought about casting yourself? I'm Jack Black off Etsy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so basically, but the the guy I have gone for is Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is like if you don't know, he's from like Clerks. Yeah. He like he's more of a like a director writer. He did Dogma and things like that. Yeah. But he he's like he's funny and he would deliver one liner as well. And I think he would kind of. He would be in this film because it's kind of his film. You know, he does these kind of cold classics. You yeah. Know, under, yeah. you know, not cinema hits, but they're, you know, they're sort of become slow burners and stuff. So I think for that kind of role, I think, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little camera it. performance. I think he'd be, give a nice deadpan for that moment, like where it's meant to be really animated, like trying to shoot yeah. the rope. He'd just be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> trying to do it. I think it'd be good. Yeah. Don't shoot the kid, lights up a cigarette. You know, it's, it's great. It <laughs> yeah. definitely fits. I like it. So before we lock in our final recasting, do any of you have any other cameos that you'd like to throw out there? Because I have one. I, I definitely think, can I just say, I didn't think about this before, but now you've said it, I definitely think um, Christopher Walken should be some one of the elders. Oh, you know, like, like the one, elders. Yeah, like the one that, like, you know, gives the final, you know, <laughs> you're going to go back to the earth. I say where else I'd really like him, and I don't know if this is who you're thinking for, to, as a cameo is um, the depth gauge guy, the old man in the oil. That's oh, a really crazy old guy lives down in the oil tanker on the smokers' yeah. tanker boat, and his job is to like just measure the depth of the oil. Yeah. It's like really deprived of light and any contact. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, that that was actually who I was thinking of okay, for a cameo. So who were you thinking? So I was actually going to honour Nick Please. with him wanting to have Radcliffe in every film. Yeah. I've actually changed my mind. So, now. but Michael Sarah. <laughs> I actually, I actually, Michael Sarah? But I actually think Jim Carrey. Yeah, oh. Jim Carrey's got a big beard now. I think well. Jim yeah. Carrey down in the day with his big bushy beard. Yeah. Think, you know, he, he could he'd probably ad lib something as well. He's, he'd be so you know, he, great. He'd, want, he'd probably make that a little bit more than what it is, and just whatever you know, the little bit he shouts up, being like. Rrr. And then so doing some great. weird look when the fire comes down at him. Yeah. But I think he would add a little bit more to it and it would, it would just bring a bit more extra life to that role of the old man and what I've just called oil man. Oil man. Oil man. Uh, but having said that, can you not just imagine hearing when that when that like flame hits, delivering the line of like, oh thank God, can you not imagine that? Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you have whoever you want. And free up Michael Seller if I'm allowed to insert my epilogue into this film. Yeah, you definitely, you go for it. You <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, because Nick's basically like written the end of the film, right? I think the end of this film is a little bit... Damp, ironically. Yeah, right, they've reached I, dry land. I, I think it ends like, how it should end. They reach dry land. Like and the, I mean, I don't think the mariner should fuck off again. Obviously, I know why he does. Yeah. But, you know... 
I don't think he should. I mean, he obviously can't. Li- he probably can't really he's live on land. Cool. He's got he gills. Can't, and a- you can't. The Mariner can't be contained. He's too super cool. He needs to go off and do another adventure and similar. I don't think it ends. Oh, it should end. I don't think. It- well, I'm not saying to change the ending as it is, right? Okay, so like mid credits roll. Okay, there's like a a little caption, text caption. Yeah. And there's like mist over the screen. I don't know. Th- 25, 30 years later. Okay. Oh, time skip. Misty. Yeah. Uh, we see the dry land as it was, but only now it's covered in snow. Okay. Oh. There's been an ice age. Oh. Okay. It's no longer water world. It's very cold. Everything's covered in ice. I swear to God. Uh, we see Enola. She's grown up now. She's played by Emily Blunt. Oh, <laughs> of course. She's wearing no, like no, woolly. No, you used your blunt card last week. Uh, she's like wrapped up in furs and stuff riding one of the horses that you see she's like grown into this incredible uh, the enforcer guy suddenly he's in a tower he's looking through uh, a telescope I mean probably, out onto, probably, like, the ocean, probably right? dead no he's like old guy now yeah. yeah his like beard is white and everything right he's, but he's still doing his Gregor would be dead right yeah Gregor's gone uh, he sees something in the telescope he starts panicking, ringing the bell, and then basically the camera pans out through the mist out onto the ice below. There's no longer water, there's ice. We see figures approaching through the mist. First of all, there's these guys on like, you know, like Olympic ice skates? <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> and then the snowmobiles goes past. Then there's like some kind of ice chariot pulled by <laughs> a couple of snowmobiles. There's like a whole bunch of like people on there. They're all dressed in like baggy clothes. Everything's very baggy. There's like lots of hoodies going on and that kind of thing. Classic. <laughs> the enforcer guy is bringing it and then he goes, skaters, skaters. Nice. Camera keeps panning, it, panning up the chariot. There is dressed in like loads of furs, baggy furs. He's got like, uh, like a Limbiscuit hoodie on or something. <laughs> it's Michael Sarah. Nice. With an eye patch. Nice. Because he's like the deacon's son, maybe. <laughs> Who inherited one eye. He takes off the eye patch and he's got the glass eye <sighs> that the deacon had. And he looks at camera and goes, Ice World. <laughs> dun 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 dun. Sets up the sequel perfectly. <laughs> Credits roll and boom. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think it's got... The only thing that I think would make it perfect is he lifts up the eye patch and he's still just got a normal eye. He's <laughs> 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 just got two eyes. <laughs> he just does it because it's Michael Sarah and he can't look badass in any other way. I think that's really good. I had a thought about the ending as like a thing. Not like a whole different thing. I just thought like it might be like really nice to kind of do like an after credits thing where it's like years later mm. and Nola's grown up and she sort of lays a flower at like the graves of like everyone else mm. and it's just her left mm. and she gets on a boat and sets out after the mariner. Oh, nice. And that's just kind of like a, like a little thing because she's like alone again. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah. But I, I mean, I think, I think we've made Waterworld... So much more. Well, apparently we've now just made the, the, the Waterworld universe. Yeah, the Waterworld cinematic universe. Yeah, water universe. As well. As well. <laughs> should we lock in our recast? Yes, yeah, lock it in. So, should we start with you, Nick? Read, read off your ones. Yeah, sure. So, the Mariner, the main anti-hero, is Will Smith. No. Uh, the Deacon, the big baddie, is... Is Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, yeah. 
And Old Gregor is played by Gary Oldman. I mean, those are three solid Some good picks, picks isn't it? Yeah. Right there, yeah. So, Helen is now Rachel McAdams. Nice. nice. For no other reason than she just... Someone you thought of. Just someone I thought of. And she I know of, a woman. <laughs> and, she kind of look, and she kind of looks like she'd play the part. No. Nord is now Philip Seymour Hoffman, Back from the Dead. Great. The Drifters are Jason Manzoukas and Robin Williams. So great. That's great. That's great. Enola, the child, is Abigail Breslin mm-hmm. from Zombie, Zombieland. Um, the Enforcer is Michael Shannon. And uh, the cameo of the pilot... Not any longer Jack Black is now Kevin Smith. Excellent, brilliant. So that's it. Good, set, good, good set of names, I know. I'd watch that film. I'd watch that. I film. think I would too. Yeah. I now kind of want to see Ice World though. <laughs> right. I'd watch that. I'd watch that. Film. I, mean, I mean, I'm intrigued by that. Yeah. yeah. Ice, Ice World is. I mean, I'm not sure about Michael Cera. He's no, that's it. But he's got to be wearing a Scott Pilgrim hoodie. Okay, yeah, definitely. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's all, it's all like old and warm, yeah. but you can see. Yeah. You can just see the logo on it. Yeah. What a casserole. What a casserole. I know. Tasty. Okay, so I think before we head out, I think one final question for you guys. Where would you fit in Waterworld? Oh, when you say where would we fit, do you mean like how would well, we would, get by? Would you be, would you fight, do you think you'd be an atoll, mem- uh, atoll resident? Do you think you would be a drifter? Would you be a member of the smokers? Or would you be something completely different? Where, where do you oh. think you would fit into Waterworld? What a question. I'd be a merman. (laughs) (laughs) A merman. Uh, I'd I'd like to think, like, I'd like to think I'm the adventurous, you know, drifter type. Don't need no one but myself. But I'd probably be a smoker. I don't like just, you know... One of the rabble. One of the rabble. They've got After the, they've got spam and cigarettes. That seems they, they, right. they, they do feel like they've got the easier life, don't they? Yeah, I just. Mm. Well, I suppose for you, you Sam, with your fear of deep sea, it'd be whichever one, whatever keeps you the, the driest. I guess. Yeah, it's not a fear of the sea. It's like you know that thing which I didn't realise I had until I started looking pictures of it, it being explained. I can't remember what the fear is called, but you know the fear of man-made structures submerged underwater? Oh, okay. so That's like a real okay. thing. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I don't really care about like the ocean or water. I quite like swimming and all that. Yeah. But like when you see like shipwrecks mm. and when you see like, you know, old like, you know, buildings tankers and stuff and, buildings and tankers and, and yeah. things. What about, what about you, Nick? Very similar. I think like... I'd like to think like I'd be a super cool, probably completely insane drifter dude. Irish? Super Irish. <laughs> I think the reality is like I'd be offering myself up to Kevin Costner first opportunity. <laughs> if you can say yeah. yeah, I just yeah, I think that, that would be yeah, or I'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. How about you? Have you given it much thought? Well, I I I I think I would be a drifter. Would you? Yeah, well, it kind of, it's kind of am now in my job. I, I, you know, I, I'm, you know, I am, I'm a lorry driver. I go from place to place. I, I am the, I'm almost in the embodiment of a drifter. And kind of in your thinking. And <laughs> I quite enjoy, and I quite enjoy being, I quite enjoy the on my own part in the lorry, just listening to podcasts or listening to music. You in know, your own company. Just make nobody, nobody pestering you. You know, it's just I, I quite enjoy that. Please don't listen to this wife. <laughs> <laughs> so just as a final thought, I have looked up what the fear of large underwater objects is. Now, it is called 
megalo hydro thalassophobia and it's don't look it up if you don't like those things so you've been warned it's horrible I love this movie I love our recasting would you re- so actually would you recommend this movie to other people mm. <laughs> <laughs> well I mean I said I love it I think I would, but I think I think they. I would have to know what kind of people they were. Like I, like I know certain people that like don't really like movies that were made pre two thousand and five, and this kind of a film, you you have to be one of those people that likes those kind of like older kind of actions. Can appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, and I think if that's what you know going in, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. It's a lot it's of fun. A, it's, it's an easy watch, isn't it? Yeah. If nothing else, I think it's a great opportunity to look at in terms of 90s films. Go and look at what 170 million at the time was spent on. That in it of itself is a spectacle, isn't it? Yeah. I think there's a lot of fun in that. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for listening. You'll be able to find Castro on all major streaming platforms, including Spotify and Apple Music, where you'll be able to subscribe and leave us five stars. With any feedback that you may have, good or bad, we are open to all suggestions because we want to put out the best product that we can. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at CastorallPod. And while you're there, maybe tell us what you think about our recasting. You can also contact us via email, CastorallPod at gmail.com, with any questions you may have and suggestions for any future films that you would like us to recast. So until next time, it's a bye from me. A bye from me. And a bye from me. Movie Castor Roll, Castor Roll.